Welcome to Last Time On. This is the podcast for people who want to watch all this prestige television, but who has time for all this? I know I don't. I'm Jafar. And I am Ben. And we are watching Into the Badlands. We skipped six episodes here. We've got season three, episode seven. Dragonfly's Last Dance. We are quickly approaching the end of this show i know it doesn't seem like it we got one or two left exactly we have we could possibly roll the season finale like if we roll a max dice roll at the end of this episode we will be at the season the series finale yes otherwise whatever we roll we'll do that and then theoretically if we roll real low there could be another three or four episodes but we're in range we're in striking distance of that finale so I've got to ask Ben, how do you feel about this show? I am, I want to go back and watch it all. Yeah. I have, I am, I am loving this show. Okay. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. But weird, you know, plot machinations and betrayals and intrigue and everybody giving themselves cool nicknames, but also being aware that everybody is giving themselves nicknames. Like this show is self-important and self-aware at the same time, and I do very much enjoy that. That's your speed. And I've enjoyed seeing seeing action on the level of this show, because yeah. it's easy to compare it to movies where, hey, it's never going to be quite up to the same standard as a, you know, a Hong Kong action flick or something. Mm -hmm. But I have watched enough terrible action shows... Yeah, I almost made one. I uh, Back at Central Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a year as a film student when I was not sure what I was going to do with my life after deciding it wasn't going to be computers. Funny how that uh. ended up working out. But yeah, I had spent a year as a film student, and in that year I pitched a television show that was going to be a action TV show and basically just got told that it was impossible and that... Not even no, not even to bother. Yeah, we we cannot budget for a blank, let alone. Well, there was even no budgeting. Like yeah. all that stuff was, you get students, you scrounge up whatever you can. You, you have access to the things the department has. It was and that's also it. like the insurance will not cover this if some kid gets punched in the face. Oh, ow, my face! Oh my god, Lynn. There was probably an insurance concern, but it did not make it far enough to have that presented to me. Mm -hmm. It was just a steadfast no. But I did, yeah, I pitched a TV show based off the tabletop RPG Spycraft. It was going to have some action sequences in it. Yeah, the thing that it, this is really making me think of is, uh, did you ever see the TV show Chuck? I am familiar with Chuck. I have seen maybe a half dozen episodes of Chuck. So... Chuck is a spy show that, as the series progressed, got cheaper and cheaper. Okay. And there were always spy action antics. 
But there were times where you could tell we do not have the time to actually choreograph something to make this look good. Yeah. And even on a show with, I'm sure, hey, network television, it's a bigger budget. You didn't get fights that looked anywhere near this good. Yeah. Uh, We've seen, I mean, you've seen plenty of Star Trek episodes where there's quote-unquote action, and it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, It is phasers hit when the plot says they should and miss when they say they shouldn't. You get, you know, there are TV shows with just absolute terrible action, and this is well above that. The thing that this does to really elevate that was our biggest concern when we were looking at trying to do any kind of fight scene choreography at all is camera placement. Mm -hmm. Like they've got the rigs, they've got overhead cams, they've got stuff like that. Like when we were trying to plot out how we could go about shooting action sequences and stuff, we were always all like, well, if we shoot it in this lobby, there is a walkway where we can put a camera Mm-hmm. You know, put a guy with a camera up top there to catch stuff that will be out of sight and also give us a thing to cut to or a different view and stuff. Right. And a lot of that was like we tried to combat it not through budget, but through scouting, location mm-hmm. scouting. But I obviously it never came to fruition. Right. So, so short story long, I am yeah. I am enjoying this. I am taking into into uh, deep appreciation the level of the the fights, how intricate the story has been, and I think more than anything, I have been ju- just loving the art direction. They definitely have made some choices for art direction into the world building, and I do appreciate all of the ridiculously color-coded motifs in this show. Oh yeah, and everybody has clearly made a choice, mm-hmm. so all of the characters have found an aesthetic and made it everyone else's problem. Uh, yeah. But it's it's good to see that it's not just you are a baron, you wear X. You are a uh, soldier, you wear Y. It's all of, every time they run into, you know, some interesting character along the way, they're unique and different. Yeah. I mean, we get a lot of uniforms with the army clipper people. Yes. But- Besides that, yeah. Well, speaking of militaries and armies. Yes, we open in media plotting map. Yep. Minerva's War Council. And the war is at a standstill. We see Lydia. Mm-hmm. We've got Nathaniel Moon all cleaned up. A.K.A. Silver Moon. Still and, pretty sure he's a werewolf. And someone I don't recognize. We learn Gaius. Gaius, yes. Not a Baltar. No. So it's like laborers, like working class. You know you'd have fitted right in there, Chief. Lots of men who like to work with their hands and uh, grab a pint down the pub and finish off the evening with a good old-fashioned fight. But they're talking about a sneak attack to overwhelm some forces. It's generic like, oh, well, we can't break through, but if we pull all of our defenses and attack in one place. Maybe we can. And it's all like, but that leaves all of your other places undefended, which means that there's probably active combat there. Otherwise you wouldn't be defending them. It's just as like, I don't understand how you think this is a tactic. Well, also we see 
the the line of of you know combat and violence mm-hmm. is cutting through from the north to the west. Yeah. And part of it, she says, we'll pull everybody from the south and the east. And I'm like, why do you have guys there? <laughs> that uh, doesn't make sense. You don't need anyone. <laughs> you've conquered all that shit. Yeah. You don't have to have, unless you, I guess you might have peacekeeping slash pacifying forces there. Fair. Depending yeah. on the moods of the locals yeah. that are being subjugated. Although her whole thing is freedom anyway, so. Hypothetically, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Just like, oh, we'll just pull our dudes who aren't fighting and make them fight. It's all like, yeah, that's called war. Congratulations, yeah. you figured it out. And it is definitely the level of grand strategy war tactics that you can get in 15 seconds of dialogue. <laughs> uh, so it is, you know, I'm not expecting a, a documentary here. Uh, My dearest Clarabelle, the widow has declared we shall march to the front. I fear we will expire, you know? Also, if my map notes are correct, we're talking about moving people across states. And they might have buses. Every bus I feel like we've seen has been... There's a couple troop transports we've seen around. So they've got some stuff, but I don't know how reliable any of that is. And also there's supply line issues and stuff, like logistics make a war. These days, I can only imagine what it's like when you don't have the uh, nearly the supply. Well, that's part of why if you look at the numbers involved in most medieval style battles where people are marching around with wagons and swords. Yeah. The numbers are so much smaller than you think. Yeah. Uh, unless you are in a place where they have that stuff figured out. So when you're dealing with, you know, like the Roman Empire, the armies get bigger. Yeah. Or if you're dealing with China, where there's just so many more people, it's easier to have, you know, an, a war with 200,000 people. Yeah. But, yeah, most of, like, the great battles of European history are a few thousand guys. Moon leaves as the petticoat assassins get up to some bullshit. Yes. Gassing and capturing Gaius and Minerva to theme. Yeah, uh, so Lydia had been chasing Moon, saying, hey, you know, we got to stop this. We've got to do an armistice. Yeah. At, and just as they leave, a a mutiny begins. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And we get all that to theme. Back from theme, Sonny has captured some guy at a river. We find out much later in the episode his name is River King. Yes, he is the River King. Sweet title. Yes. We find out Sonny is looking for the Pilgrim. Yeah, we we know he's a zealot. I immediately assume that this is the guy with the two gifted people at the he end says, of the last episode. He says he is the Pilgrim in the end of the last episode. Yeah. So uh, we find out that the Pilgrim is looking for Azra. Yes. And Sonny wants a boat. Yep. And then we see Badgie, Henry, and Lily. Yes. Who has a boat, a history with Badgie, and a hit show on Disney+. Plus. Who is Lily? Sophia DiMartino, most famously Loki. She is! That's right. Uh, I ID her immediately. I was I, like, I don't need IMDB for this one. I got this. I did not recognize her. So, similar to what you said... 
I wrote, they have all caps, HISTORY. <laughs> HISTORY. Ben, I wonder what this history is. Could you possibly tell me what happened her? What the hell happened? But I got the van. I can't tell you a wahapahar. So, as I have previously predicted. Yes. Badgie came over on a boat. Yes. We now found a person who has a boat. Mm. Lily was the person who sailed Badgie over from England. And during the trip, they fell in love. And, you know, everything was going smoothly. Until Badgie got around other people whom he could start conning. It's really easy to be charming when you're alone with someone. When you get to port and you start coming up with ways of scamming everybody and Mm -hmm. trying to win one over. Hey, sometimes that leaves the other people you're here with in the lurch. And that's not good, especially when that's your, uh, your significant other. So, well, Lily is endeared to Badgie and will never forget the time they had. She will also never forget all of the many difficulties and conundrums she brought to her door while they were together. All right. So we cut back to inside where we find out that there is only one boat in the Badlands. <laughs> and it's... Sonny was on that boat. Yes, yeah, Sonny was on this boat as a child. And everyone but the captain got got. Yep. Well, and Sonny and the captain, we find. Yes. River King makes a uh, deal of some sort. I'm guessing that most of this deal was last episode because he just talked about honoring his deal yep. and lays some new terms down uh, to allow Sonny time to go investigate uh, his disappearance as a child. Yes. Go find out what happened and uh, talk to the captain. How much of Sonny's past do you think we've missed in previous episodes by skipping? I, this feels like something that they haven't explored much here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's actually true, if you got that vibe as well or not. I have a feeling it is something that is about to be- become more important. Okay. Uh, I have a feeling this is going to, well, I'll get into that later. Yeah. Maybe in some predictions. Uh, but we then cut to uh, Silver Moon. He is at a bridge checkpoint where everybody's dead. Every last one of these people is dead, except for the one dude who held on to life long enough to explain what happened. Hey, it was butterflies and bowler hats. And Silver Moon's like, but we wear butterflies and bowler hats. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Betrayal. Yeah, we learned the attack was led by Ren and Arthur. Yes. Um. And the Widow and Gaius are in MK's conveniently well-lit and plush salad club fed. Yes. These are rank-and-file soldiers who we have not met before. That is what it seems like. At the very least, our characters are unaware of them. I do have a feeling it does feel to me like Ren has been here for an episode or two. Yeah. That is my, I'm going to say, last time on. Ren has actually been around in the background and this is now the turn where, yeah. hey, why is that extra getting a little more time than normal? Yeah, it makes sense that we would see her around a bit. She even talks about having been there for the last couple of weeks and observing. Yeah, so apparently everyone is getting real tired of the widow becoming very becoming more barony. Mm-hmm. And, hey, you've become the thing you swore to destroy. And this is feeling, I don't know about you, 
this is feeling very quick for me. Yeah. Like, it, I don't think that much time has passed. We know there's there has to be a reason why uh, Tilda left, why... Yeah. Why, you know, there is some fraction among... Uh, there's a fracture among the Widow's family, but it feels real quick for there to have been a real strong descent. Yes. But while, uh, while they are talking... Arthur makes the number one mistake of having somebody in a cage and gets too close to the cage, at which point Gaius tries to grab him and crossbow. Yep, right into his shoulder. Bad day. Mm -hmm. After this, we go over to the pilgrim's camp where we find one of his lieutenants who was one of the people we saw on the scaffolding and the season premiere. Caster is dead. We see MK has joined him. Yes. And Caster gets the funeral pyre. Before he's burned, a viewfinder is placed with him. Yes. His assassin partner, we learn their name is Nyx, yep. places a viewfinder, which, cool to see viewfinders made it. I have to feel that this is a religious relic, knowing nothing about their religion. And knowing viewfinders, Ben... If the viewfinder is central to this religion, as I am proposing, let's get weird with it. What do you think that viewfinder was of? Let's get weird. Well, Jafar, I can tell you exactly what that viewfinder is of because I had a viewfinder. And you know what the only viewfinder wheels I had were? Ghostbusters, the animated series. Oh, goodness, no. Sesame Street. Ah. And so that is why this whole religion is built around the idea that we live and we die, but there is a monster at the end of this book. (laughs) And no matter what you do to try and stop the pages of fate turning, there is a monster at the end of this book. And the pages turn regardless of the ropes and the brick walls and the hammers and nails. Because there's a monster at the end of this book, Jafar. This is the end of the book, and the only one here is me! Alright, that's a bit different take than I had thought. I had a, a bunch of different viewfinders. Like, not the, I had the one device, but I had the discs. I had yeah. several discs. And they ranged from the aforementioned Ghostbusters the Animated Series through all kinds of random odds and ends. And so I think the one surviving microfilm piece that makes it to this viewfinder is hand-drawn, it's animated, and it is of the first Thanksgiving, which is why our leader calls himself the Pilgrim. Oh, I was thinking it was going to be uh, John Wayne. (laughs) There wasn't a John Wayne viewfinder, probably. I'm not going to Google this. You You can buy them now. They're actually newly made, $500 a piece. (laughs) The guy on the river sells Sonny out for possibly Lily Badgy himself or Henry. He just says the one that they're looking for. Yes. I assume it's Sonny based off the events of the end of the episode, but that is not necessarily true. That is true. It could be they wanted to fight Sonny to get at whoever. 
yeah, we know if we just take Henry, Sonny's coming for us. Might as well just kill him now while we're here. Exactly. Or maybe they're worried about Kung Fu Baby, you know, whole thing. Yeah. We then see... We did not catch this character's name. The no, Pilgrim I, has a... I, I referred to her as the Elder in yeah. my notes. It is the... It seems like the Pilgrim's shaman or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say she has a blood vision. Yes. Lots of blood. Lots of vision. Yeah. Mostly of blood. And then she tells she tells the Pilgrim that the Catalyst is coming. Yes. Yeah, her vision is of Sonny's back tattoo. So, I think we know what's going down. Yeah. And we also see that he wants MK and Nyx, the other assassin, to train together to replace Caster. He also refers to Sonny as his kin. Yes. Um, I'm interested to seeing where that goes. Yes. He also blames... The Elder? The Elder. He also blames her for Caster's death, but in a way that really makes it seem like I killed Caster, but it's your fault. 100% it does. Yeah. So last time on, the Pilgrim totally killed Caster. Oh, 100%. And is pretending like he didn't. Oh, yeah. That's not even a question. Like, he's still sad about it. He didn't want to do it, but he totally did it. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. What you just made me do, look what you just made me If he is also gifted like the others, then it could have just been a blind rage. Uh, maybe that's the elder's role is to calm them down. Maybe. <sighs> so the widow is with Gaius and removes the crossbow bolt from his arm. Mm-hmm. And they present her with terms saying, hey, you're going to sign this ceasefire we're going to send that over to to Chow, and this is all going to be over. And part of this, which makes me wonder about the the map canon that you are assuming, Jafar, mm-hmm. they are saying that they can get this to her and have the messenger <laughs> back by tonight. Yeah. So this makes me feel like we're not dealing with multiple states, but like this is all happening inside like three counties. They've got cars. Yeah. In the hour timeline, I do cast some doubt on. Right before that, we do see Lydia getting up to some shit. Oh, yeah, she is back to her old sneaky spying on people from the bushes ways. Yeah, she stabs a guard who had made some unwelcome assault on her, and we're happy for her for that. And she gets the info she needs before offing that dude. Yeah. We also get a moment where Moon recruits Tilda for a reunion tour against the Petticoat Assassins. Yes, come back, join us, stab some people with the glaive. You know, your favorite thing to do. Yep. The Pilgrim reveals that Caster was a dinosaur fan. Dino Data! Yes, this now suddenly became my son's favorite episode of the show. He is at a dinosaur exhibit. It is great. Yep. It is so cool to think about, like, okay, if I'm a, you know, 35-year-old man, I've never been educated. I don't know about dinosaurs. And then I find myself in a natural history museum. Yeah. What what will that be when I just find out dinosaurs were a thing? Yep. The, the like just the existential ennui that my son feels all the time when we have to keep reminding him dinosaurs are gone, buddy. We can't go see them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he is telling the other assassin Nix, "Hey, I feel bad about Caster like we were we were th- the three best friends that anybody could have and now one of us is gone." Yep. And she really seems to be like, 
But you kill Caster though, right? Right, right. Like that was you. Like you, you, you tell me. Like if you kill Caster, you tell you me. Tell me. You feel like you kill Caster. You, you, like you can tell me. It's a thing. With the thing, and you know the thing. about it. thing. We could talk about it exactly. You tell me. Yeah, yeah. You tell me. So tell me. Nah, I didn't do it. So, so, so tell me. I didn't. I didn't but, do it. But, but tell me. Why are we still having this conversation? Yeah. yeah, he says disquiet is the pestilence that poisons the harvest of our faith. That is some cult shit right there. Well, this is definitely a cult. Oh yeah, but I mean, that's like whoa. <laughs> That's the kind of never question me bullshit that immediately. Excuse me, are y'all with the cult? We're not a cult. We're an organization that promotes love. And- yeah, this is it. It's just like, I hear that and I walk out of a room. Yeah. Like, there clearly will not be a conversation. No. Then we cut to Sonny walking through the woods where he has found the captain. And I thought this was a little weird when he's talking to the River King. He, the River King sets up the captain. Oh, he's going crazy. He's, he's, you know, he's got mad. an axe to the head. Yeah. This is probably the most cogent, coherent sea captain character I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love the makeup job on this captain. Oh, it was gross. It was so good. It was so well done. He had clearly been brained at some point. Yes. He had clearly taken an axe to the dome and you could like, see where that axe was Uh, yeah yeah, it was gross but he says that some people came back came in with red and black armor Mm. Uh, not the red and black armor of the armadillo clan somebody else (laughs) Uh, some third thing good evening (laughs) and they were there to get sunny yeah and also his sister kicked a bunch of their butts sister I mean, it feels like Sonny knew he had a sister. Sonny 100% did not know he had a sister. No, he he talks about it. N- n- he's surprised. He's like, sister? No, he says, I, I, I can't remember her face. Yeah. But he knows he has a sister. He just hasn't seen her since he was a very small boy, was the take I got from it. The take I got was he had no idea he had a sister. Well, it doesn't matter. It's not like she's going to show up in this show, right? It'd be like super right. important. Right, yeah, that'd be crazy. Why yeah. would that happen? And he saved the uh, the axe from his head, which, you know what? Somebody brains you with an axe and you live. 100% it's uh, on the wall. Yeah, you save that. <laughs> 100%. I don't even know if I wipe the brains off of it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need them anymore. There's, see that? That's third grade. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We cut to uh, more Lydia sneaky peeping. Mm-hmm. I think she's got like a 90 in sneak. Like, <laughs> she's not 100 like she does get caught, but... She's pretty good, even though she's just, like, next to a truck. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She gets to Ren and Arthur and offers to deliver the armistice to end the war. Yeah, she immediately offers to help, and it is, at this point, like, which side do we think she's on? Yeah. Because she was vehemently speaking, and, like, we gotta stop the violence. Yeah. Back on Lily's boat, we learn both that Badgie is a bad babysitter... And that the U.S. never moved off Imperial, which, honestly, that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, things started to get a bit heavy between Lily and Badgie until they get a bit steamy. Ha uh-huh. ha. They run into the engine and fix it. 
Yep, they hit a release valve on their steam engine. What is that? A manual kinetic adjustment <laughs> uh, is the I'm writing up how I just whacked the computer. <laughs> yeah, percussive engineering. I've heard it referred to as well when the Fonzie hits the jukebox and all of a sudden it works. Yeah. And the engine being fixed puts an end on Smoochie Kisses. Yep. Lydia runs into Tilda and Moon, as she expected, and they start their plan to free Minerva. Yeah. So we see Lydia riding out with two guards, and we skip over the fight scene here. It's just stab, stab, dead guards. Hey, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> we know these guys can kill everybody. Lydia uh, kind of pulls Moon aside for a second. was all like, hey, but maybe the greater good... The greater good. And Moon is like, fuck the future. I need my honor. <laughs> I don't give a shit about anything but my honor. And oh, oh, we could be Klingons. We could have crimped hair and wrinkled foreheads. War, war, war. I love honor. I demand honor. We then cut over to Nix and MK, where they say that Castor was poisoned, I believe, quote unquote. Yes. Like mentally poisoned by the widow. And MK now says he can control the gift. I saw that. And will teach Nix. So it's fair. Ben. Now I have to ask you. Yeah. What happened to her? What the hell happened? Can't explain. But I got the Ben. Well, in his cell, while trying to escape, because he clearly has escaped. Mm -hmm. He has escaped. You know what he does, Ben? Hmm. He's on his way out. He gets out of his cell. He gets out in the compound and he trips and falls into some rebar. Oop. You got to watch out for the rebar. You got to watch out for the rebar. It's very dangerous. And so this rebar pierces him through and activates his gift for a moment. But he's stuck to the rebar. But he's stuck to the rebar. And so what my theory holds is he has not learned to control his gift. There's just some rebar in him that he just channels that to turn it on and off. That's my secret, Cap. I've always got a little chunk of rebar in me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does offer to teach this power to her as well, which is, in my mind, just stabbing her with a piece of rebar. <laughs> Rude. We then cut over to the Widow trying to help Gaius with the bleeding. Gaius is pretty sure that Lydia has betrayed them, but as Lydia was leaving, the Widow said, Oh, hey, if you want to avoid the snipers, take the high road. Uh -huh. And everybody's like, man, there ain't no high road. I don't know what you're talking about. And so earlier in the tete-a-tete, tete, because there's three of them, uh, <laughs> the tete-a-tete-a-tete. -tete. Yeah. Tilda's like, no, that's the secret way we snuck out to like, Go drink in town. Uh, and it's like, oh, hey, she she told us the way to sneak back in. She thinks we're still on her side. Yep. Uh, so the widow is like, nah, she's coming back. And Arthur comes yeah. to gloat about some executions. And what does he do? Gets got. Makes the same dumbass mistake he made <laughs> earlier. And the widow grabs him and stabs him through the back of the head with the crossbow bolt. Yep. It's rugged. And we finally get some kung fu fighting. It had been an episode. It had been a drought of kung fu fighting. No, there was a kung fu fight at the beginning. When they captured the widow, they they have the, oh, the, the yeah, knife fight. Oh, yeah, this is a little tiny kung fu fight. Ben. I mean, it was 
three minutes of Kung Fu fight. It was not an episode set piece of Kung Fu fight. No, but we're about to have a glut of Kung Fu fight uh, here in the last ten minutes of this episode. The last ten minutes of this episode is just pure Kung Fu fighting. Yeah, we we end back in the uh, the plotting parlor. Yeah, Uh, they make it a whole two rooms before being surrounded by archers. But they kill, like... A bunch of guys, and then are surrounded by, and it was nice to see actual bows and arrows, not just crossbows. Yes. And then, just as all all things seem lost, Tilda arrives with a silver moon and their guys, and Mm -hmm. she quickly glaives the glaive, the bad guys, and then it ends on a little downer note, where everybody is dead but Ren. Ren, who has a wooden leg... Yes. And then the widow trips her by kicking her wooden leg and then like holding her with at knife point. And it's just like, ooh, we ended this by beating up the crippled chick. Uh, <laughs> like, she has some kung fu moves. She, she was doing stuff. But it, it was it was just like, ooh, now we're really punching down. Did you notice that Moon got his sword back? Yes, Moon has his sword back. Very ooh, cool. Ooh, I wonder what happened there. Well, Sonny hasn't had it since... Uh, I wasn't... I wasn't... That wasn't a prompt, Ben. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I just... Sonny hasn't had it <laughs> since season two, so... Yeah. Sonny gets back up to the River King's carefully worded commitment. None some gin bullshit. Some yeah. What? Some gin bullshit. Oh, yeah. And Sonny almost makes a face at this, and I'm just like, Sonny, you're smart enough. You noticed this turn of phrase. Sonny did not notice this turn of phrase. Nope. <laughs> Jafar... Yes, we ben. now get Sonny being attacked by three three guys in black and leather black and red armor. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw these guys at the Ren Fair last weekend. That they would have fit right in. Yeah. They also have retracto maces, which was very cool. Yeah, that would make Quentin Tarantino happy. Very kill Bill. But I also I definitely took notice as this fight was happening of Chekhov's narwhal. Yeah. Did you notice it before it became pertinent to the scene? No. Oh, I totally did. I'm like, oh, hey, there's a narwhal. Somebody's totally getting stabbed on that narwhal. Uh-huh. Yep. So Sonny fights off these three very, very well, you know, skilled assassins who are spinning their retracto maces. There were mm-hmm. lots of flippy kicks and enough ladders to have made this an unofficial intercontinental title match. <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, all Sonny needs is a ladder. You see, at WrestleMania, I conquered my fear in ladders. This Sunday, wait, 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 money wait, in the wait, bank. wait, wait, what are you doing out here? You're not even in the match. My bad. <laughs> this fight rips. This is a great fight. It was a sweet fight. Did you assume these dudes are from Azra? I do believe they are from Azra. It is the same. They have that the same symbol, the yeah. symbol on their chest, the symbol that Sonny carved into the boat, as we saw that helped him identify it. And it was the same symbol from MK's necklace and yeah. the compass. So I believe, I believe this is, these guys are from Azra. So knowing this, knowing that they wanted Sonny, presumably because he was capable of having gifted children, since we know he has a gifted child, knowing that MK had the pendant, right? Azra is clearly linked to these gifted people and the pilgrim has a cohort of gifted people with him that he is taking to Azra. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll get to it in predictions, but all this lines up a little conveniently. 
I mean, it does it does make it feel like this is going a direction. Yeah. But what I did like here, Sonny has the last living assassin and is trying to question him when he stabs himself on a pin, which suddenly cyanides him, yep. and he bleeds to death quite, or he foams at the mouth and dies quite violently. And as this is happening, the River King is just like noping out of the room. Yep. Until Badgie's just like, ha ha, I was behind the door the whole time. <laughs> you know, I'm not fighting the assassins, but I'll stop you. And takes him back in. And very similarly to my favorite moment at the end of Breaking Bad, the River King starts like trying to bargain for, I have all this information you want, and I know these things and those things. Just like the the Nazi guy tried to do there about, you'll never find your buried money if you don't let me live. And Sonny just impales this guy on the narwhal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Badgie then responds, fucking narwhals. And I'm just like, oh, did Badgie have a narwhal experience that didn't go well? <laughs> well, I think narwhals were one of the kingdoms. They were one of the baronies. Oh. Because remember, there was the double horned thing that was like some kind of double horned fish. I assume it's a narwhal. Yeah, I do recall that. So I maybe. think there might be some more going on there. In fact, maybe the River King was a regent to the narwhal baron. Mm, that would be interesting. We see Lily's going to take over as River Queen. Yes. Sonny and Badgie are on their way to find the Pilgrim, and the mutineers are executed. Yes, they are all shot. Okay, so we are set up for adventure. We know all of our people are going to start meeting in the same place. Yep. And with that, it's time to roll some dice and make some predictions. All right. I'm rolling 2d4. If I roll 8 here, we're at the finale. Roll low. Six. So we will be watching two episodes from the finale. So episode 14. Yep. And then we'll watch 16. Yep. Yep. And I will look up episode 14 in a minute. But before we get to that, let's make some predictions. Lincoln, what are you doing up there? Guessing. I guess no one's coming. I have seen into the future. You ruined the prophecy. All right. My daytime prediction, I feel like this is obvious. Sonny's sister shows up. Oh, yeah. Is that also your daytime prediction? No. All right. Uh, my daytime prediction, that boat sinks. Yeah. Fair enough. Lily is going to be pissed, and it's probably Badgie's fault. <laughs> my evening prediction, the Pilgrim is not looking to a way to reach Azra. He is looking for a way to return to Azra. Hmm. He has been there previously, possibly exiled, possibly was there as a child and his parents left and were exiled or something like he has been there though. Hmm. There's a reason he's collecting these people of interest to Azra, the MKs, the casters, the Nixes. I think he gets there and they are an offering. Okay. My evening prediction Sonny's sister becomes queen of Azra. Ooh, maybe already is. Possibly. Uh, I'd allow some leeway on the becoming. Yeah. And then my prime time. What you got? The widow sacrifices herself in the finale. Okay. I also have a finale prediction of nearly the same sentence, 
but I have a different character. Tilda sacrifices herself in the finale. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, with that, we will be back next week with season three, episode 14. Netflix is taking a minute to load. That's a weird name for an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We still got it, Ben. Sometimes it's nice being simpatico. Season 3, episode 17, Curse of the Red Rain. Wait, 17? I thought 14. 14, sorry. Episode 17 doesn't exist. It's only got 16 episodes. Season 3, episode 14, Curse of the Red Rain. Sunny, Badgy, and Kanan. Do we know Kanan? I don't know. Journey back into the Badlands. The Widow makes a risky play against Pilgrim. Bringing Cressida and Lydia into the crossfire. Cressida. Cressida. Yes, Cressida. Who's Cressida? It is a, I believe, a character from Greek mythology. Oh, okay. Well, that's where we'll be next week. But All until right. then, we do have to say some thank yous. Thank you. Thank you, Ripe, for your fucking banger of a song, Goon Squad. Just thank you for that song. Mm-hmm. Let alone letting us use it as our credits music and theme song. We appreciate the hell out of you. Go listen to Ripe. Their last album's a fucking fire. It's so good. Go listen to their music. It's all excellent. I haven't heard a song from them I haven't liked. Yeah. It was very funny. I was listening to their last episode and I texted my wife and I was just I just said, listen to the new Ripe album and tell me which song you think is my favorite. And she's <laughs> listening to it and like, okay, this song's really good. This song's really good. And friends, I will tell you, I have a type. I have a song, like, I listen to a lot of folk music. Yeah. 30% of folk songs are about meeting death or death being, like, a person. Yeah. Ripe has a song about death being, like, an overworked guy in their latest album. It's awesome. It's called Brendan. And she's like, I don't know. I think it's maybe the first song, maybe the third song. Then Mm -hmm. I'm out on my walk and she just calls me. It's Brendan. (laughs) I'm like, you know me. You got it. Nailed it. Also, thank you, Annette Lucina, for licensing your photography under Creative Commons so that artists like us can use it for ourselves, in this case, in the images for the podcast, the promotional work. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. And thank you for listening. Appreciate you, listener. We'll see you next week. And we'll see you next time on Last Time On. Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is the Babylon... That ain't it. I know. Hello and welcome to Last Time On. This is the podcast for people who... Oh, let me get a clean take of that. People. 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 The podcast is for people. Swimmant Green is made of podcast. Probably. Renewable resource. Yeah. (laughs) As long as there are 30-something white guys, there will be podcasts.